protector's back, Greg. Oh, God. Quick, hide your children. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. <laughs> the protector. He's protecting. Hide yeah, your this, flash. Well, it's very clear that George Perez did not draw this cover. Yes. Again, another non-Perez cover. It is. It is really not good. It is. What are you talking about? It's got it's got so much good stuff on it. It's got so well, much good background, giant orange so- background, which I'm <laughs> not really sure. This is like this is like when I'm making shitty PowerPoint slides at work and I just do that like gradient thing across the slide from dark to I don't know it. Yeah, it looks like when I'm passing a kidney stone and my urine is changing colors. Yeah. Well, legit, I, this is about the color. So I had a color expert. Uh, I was trying to teach people to make basic PowerPoint slides in my public speaking classes because I didn't want them putting a bunch of text on it. And basically, I was trying to teach them what made the pit photos pop right in their slides. And I went to a color expert and the color expert explained to me that contrary to what this cover does, an orange bat, they should have completely reversed the colors on this. It oh, should yeah? have been an orange logo wow. and a that light blue background because that light blue background Popping. makes colors pop off of it and the orange background makes black and white images pop up off of it. So if the intent was to get the black and white lettering, black and white lettering that says, leave me alone, just leave me alone to pop, they were successful. Mm. If they wanted the art to pop off the page, they would have used like the, they would have inverted the background and the and the title. Just flip it. See, I know things about art too, not just you. I no, I I I know you do because you 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 do your thing when you're you you have a very you you do a a lot of these uh, creative slideshow presentations that have to look good and make right. people and and that's why the the icon is not in cornflower blue, but it's in like orange. Orange, yes, and that's why the protector suit is like. I mean, he's always in the middle because he stands out the most. Well, traditionally in comics, let's venture onto the protector. And by the way, since we didn't do this the last two episodes, I'm Dan. That's Greg. Welcome to Funny Book Forensics. We are on the third issue of the new Teen Titans Drug Issues. This one brought to you by the IBM Corporation, the National Federation of Parents for Drug-Free Youth, which is now known as the National Family Partnership, and the President's Drug Awareness Campaign. Woo! Yay! And thank you so much for your sponsorship and bringing this little piece of joy into our lives. <laughs> oh my gosh! If you are st- if you have been listening with us all along, you know how amazing and awesome this is. But this is just one more book in this trilogy. And what a trilogy it was! Think trilogy of it like trash. yeah, think of it like the Matrix, except the first movie was also shitty. What? The first movie was awesome. It blew right. my mind. I'm saying, in the movie I'm saying if this was the mate, if if, oh, if the Matrix if it, replicated this, all three of the movies would have been shitty. Oh, but wait, we are in the Matrix. So therefore, oh, my God. Yeah, you're fucked now. Dude, and you're going to you get an put, inception. Now you got to put the label on the podcast. Dan, I already swore. said shit in the first 30 seconds. Jeez, dude. I'm like an AEW Dynamite episode right now. Man, you are. This is nuts. This is insane. We are off the rails, folks. We haven't even begun. Four minutes in and Dan is just dropping the words. I mean, I'd kind of rather talk about Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks being back and not CM Punk being back than this comic. 
to be honest. Wait, CM Punk is back or he's not back? No, he's not back. He's oh, come on. Forever. I love that. They guy. brought the most terrible tag team back in the in the whole world. CM, CM Punk is rad. I mean, he wrestles, he drives monster trucks. He he just looks cool as hell. He sort of did MMA. He sort of did MMA. Apparently, yeah, but he made everyone mad. So apparently, but this That's is not a podcast about wrestling. This I is know. a podcast about the Teen Titans and the Protector. And I've been actually meaning to ask you this before we get into the story. Throw it uh, out. We've made it through like three hours of podcasting, and I still didn't ask you this question. Now, purple is traditionally the color of villains in yes. comics. Yes. And heroes are generally in primary colors. I understand Star, Star, Starfire having the lavender costume since uh, Starfire is from outer space, right? So that's the yeah. exception to the rule. Right. So oftentimes you have sci-fi or space-based cosmic heroes will have the purple sea Thanos. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. a bad guy too. Yeah. Why is a protector in purple? Well, Dan, I hate to break it to you, but uh, he's not that good. And he's just a villain or he's bad at his job? No, he's just bad at his job. He had one job and he screwed it up last episode. Last That's issue. Fair. I mean, so to recap. <laughs> yeah. To recap in issue one, the protector goes around with the Titans talking to drug addled teenagers and Speedy makes an appearance. Our good friend Speedy from yeah. Green Lantern, Green Arrow comic books. Apparently he started doing drugs when he was like eight. Yeah. Approximately. Approximately. And evolved and and then has devolved because he went back in age and it's very confusing uh the most important thing speedy never showed up again after counseling the fine youth in the first episode to not do drugs and 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 he could relate to them because he had been with them but he hasn't been there since the protector also tells us in the first issue that it's an unending war that can never die because Mm -hmm. you just you stop these guys but then these other guys pop up it's crazy it's like drug whack-a-mole boom quack Whack. And Wait. then in the second issue, he entrusts our good friend Wally West, the Kid Flash, yeah. later known as just the Flash, who later murders the protector, as what? we find out. Spoiler again. Yes. Man, I forgot murders about the protector. that. <laughs> yeah. But it, not important because we know why he murders him, because he gives him an unenviable task. He's supposed to protect his, his cousin. Oh, yeah, the yes. protector was supposed to do this. The protector but he was, was supposed out to fighting his in cousin. a right. And he's telling these families that the most important thing for them is to be with family, right? Isn't, yeah. isn't that what they said? Yeah. Right. But he's out fighting drug dealers in an unending war that can never end because they just keep popping up like whack-a-mole and they never solve the problem while his best bud, his best cousin gets re-addicted to drugs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By he gets he gets roped into it by by Roddy All Roddy Piper and 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 Gem and the holograms. Yes, and on top of that, he's he, the biggest threat was PCP, right? Right. And marijuana cigarettes? Yes. But then we don't really know because it just becomes a story about nondescript drugs, which is all these stories are about. All these kids identify that they've taken all of these things, but then all of a sudden in the story, we never deal with the effects of an actual substance. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, they're on drugs. Right. The because drugs. that's just simple. It, it makes it easier for the message it makes it easier for south park to do a joke about this for 20 years yes this is true drugs are bad because if drug drugs are bad you know that that's all we have to say just drugs are bad and then they are so huh, okay <sighs> we made it here yeah you got it here uh, okay oof. oh my gosh okay all right and we're here and we've got lion shirt boy lion shirt boy which is a cool shirt i mean if i had that shirt and that jacket i mean 
I gotta say, that probably fit do. is lit. I, I guarantee you have that jacket. I do have that jacket. I don't think you have the shirt. I, I don't. I want it. I though. think that might be a ringer tee, which makes me excited. Yeah, it kind of looks like it could be. And of course, he's he's got it tucked in with his belt while he's I, running away. That it's is very important. That's such a look. It's I mean, complete the look. He's got the nice jeans on and he just really apparently do wants think, to. Do you think they're Bugle Boy or do you think they're Jordash? Hmm. They're not 501s. No, no, no. These are these are the cut, the way that they look. I'm going to say Jordash. Yeah. Yeah. I meant Jordash. Well, you say? anyway, the Titans just look on are looking on befuddled. We've got oh, yeah. Raven, Cyborg, Kid Flash, the Protector, Starfire, Wonder Girl, who has had like six lines in two issues mm-hmm. approximately. Yeah. And Changeling slash otherwise known as Beast Boy. Just hanging out. Yeah. And they're just kind of looking, looking in terror at this, this young man who's running away. Okay. That's where we've got. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And then, and then we get another letter from our friend, (gasps) Nancy Reagan, but it's actually the same letter. So I'm not going to read it again. Okay. You're not. But what if these listeners haven't heard it before? You can go back and listen to the the, the (laughs) other three hours we did on this books where I read the letter. You're good. <laughs> Basically, it's like about battle and it's a fight and it's it's a battle and we got to win the war and my dogs are barking. Just be a hero. You can win the war. I'm going to talk right over the dogs today. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's that battle war rhetoric thing to make sure we fight an endless war on drugs, which yes. has cost billions of dollars and actually not solved anything. And by True. the way, if yeah. you were reading uh, the other homework I gave you, I gave you a little bit of homework this week. One, yeah. one was that 1977 60 Minutes episode about PCP. Yeah. But you will also note uh-huh. that we had a, somebody going to jail this week. Who? who? Well, Jose Irizarry. Who's that? Well, he's already been sentenced for skimming millions of dollars of drug laundering money from Sting's while he was in the DEA. And he's also named several other things. You know what he did with this money? What did he do? I mean, I read he the article. To Europe, went to soccer <laughs> games, went on to Caribbean strip joints, went to Amsterdam's red light district. And they planned their, their money laundering operations around these trips. Like the trips, they just went. And, and you know, do you know why? Why? How he got this money? You might be asking, why is the DEA doing money laundering for drug dealers? How and why? Well, because they've got to do the money laundering to earn trust with the the people they're trying to stop. Oh, so they don't actually stop the money laundering. They they actually just keep doing it, and they just do it until it becomes too much. And they yeah, have right, to, from the Associated oh. Press on November fourteenth. He looked like a party boy. So uh, clearly, the Drug Enforcement Administration has succeeded in this war on drugs. I'm going to I mean, based on Mrs. Reagan's rhetoric, these guys are losers. I was going to say they have to take the L on this. Yeah, they have lost the battle. Yeah. And the war over they, and over again. Over. Yeah, these it's guys an endless pretty much one. suck. Just like the just like the protector said, it's an endless one. It's a game of whack-a-mole. Yeah, I think the best part of this is there was somebody nominated for a federal judgeship that was one of these guys friends and actually backed out. Really? <laughs> Yes, you didn't read the whole article. <laughs> OK, I, 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 I read through all the exciting parts. I missed yeah. that. He said, no, I'm not going to do it because uh, it's too. 
I, I don't want to, I don't want to get caught up in the, in that life. I'm about the other one instead. Yeah. He, no, he no. refers to uh, Marissa Darden, a prosecutor from Cleveland, who he says traveled to Columbia in September 2017. And I was at a gathering where he witnessed two DE agents taking ecstasy. As I said, he didn't see Darden taking any drugs. However, yeah. Darden went on to become a partner in a high powered Cleveland law firm. And last year was nominated by President Joe Biden to be the first black woman U.S. attorney in northern Ohio. But soon after she was confirmed, Darden abruptly withdrew in May, citing only the importance of prioritizing family. Interesting. Interesting. Darden refused to answer questions from the AP, but her attorney said in a statement that she cooperated fully with federal investigation into the alleged illegal activity by federal agents. Interesting. Maybe she was part of the, the sting. And her attorney asserts there is no evidence that she participated in any illegal activity. Well, but I only bring this up to spin the entire web across the government. You know, who knows? She may be completely innocent. Probably. I mean, this guy seems like a, uh, a you know, we're going to go for it again. This guy seems like a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the photo that you sent me with no context, I was like, what, what, what the heck? I thought it was but like the a, important a meme thing you to remember to put the words across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the the important thing to rem- remember about this, yeah, is that it, it didn't work. It didn't it work. It failed. And they're still trying. Well, you know, I mean, y- you win some, you lose some, right? Well, their track record's about as good as the protectors. Oh so snap! It's true. We should it's... we should bounce into this. Okay. Into I've the... got more. I've got more gems that we can talk about as this goes on. <laughs> All right. S- so we are now in the first page, and this is brought to you by our good friend Marv Wolfman. Oh man, I hear he's a he is a. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> this 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 series of books is so bad, Marv. Why did you do this to us? Marv is never ever going to come back to the spoiler verse uh, after this. I I want him to. I want him to explain himself. <laughs> We can just have a whole interview about Danny Chase and these three books. Marv, will you please come back so we can talk about these three fantastic books that that you put together and and Danny Chase. These are the topics of discussion. And uh, I think our listeners uh, would love that to get a deeper insight. So if you're listening, I know you are. Please. Well, apparently this book was done on the Marvel method because Joey Cavallari scripted it. So Marv just came up with the story. We can thank Joey for the fine words in this book. Joey, if you could come on and you help Marv out with why this script is so... No, I know why it is. The money. Well, and we also have Adrian Gonzalez on pencils, who's drawn the Titans often. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Gielling. I can't even read that. It's actually too... I can't see it. And R. Villagrin on inks. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. I'll get your name right in the notes. Ben Oda on letters, Adrian Roy on colors, Dave Manick, editor, and special thanks to Joyce Nalepka and Stephen Jacobs. Well, thank you both. Um, is that is that like if it's a great Marvel movie, you want to be in the special thanks section? But if it's, say, that second Thor movie, you want to not be in the special thanks section? I, I would think so. Maybe. I and mean, so this seems like like is is being in the special thanks section of the, of these books really a uh, boon to your career or a real thanks? It might. It, 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 I think I think it's almost like a like you you could go and say, please don't do that. And then they're like, no, we put you in already. OK, so the next question I have about this book before we get into this. Yeah. How in the hell 
did the Superman office let Lois Lane come in this book? That is a good question. I don't know. The Superman office has been massively overprotective of their characters forever. Mm -hmm. And here is Lois Lane front and center of this book. Oh, my gosh. Page one, front and center, literally at the podium, talking them up. (laughs) Well, and she says, you don't have to be a reporter for the Daily Planet to know that drug abuse has hurt the lives of many of our friends. The fact that drugs are readily available to, to school kids all over the country is not news. What is news is that the protector and the Teen Titans have pledged themselves to fight against drugs. And they're here now to speak to you about that fight. Ladies and gentlemen, the protector. Yeah, she's right. It is news because I've never heard of this character before now. I know. Well, I mean, you've heard of him in two previous issues. (laughs) And a who's who's entry that came years after. Well, they can't tell you it's Robin. They have to protect her. His his image. And they have to protect her him from Nabisco. Yeah. yeah, the Keebler elves. Wait, what? That's a is it different? Yeah, it's a different brand. Uh, that's, different a, brand. that's a different. No, uh, this book, by the way, is brought to you by IBM. Oh, I thought it was IBM. Ibum. Yeah, the National. I think I said this already. National Federation for Parents of or Drug Free Youth <laughs> Campaign. Yeah. So yeah. we're here. Yeah, I already said that. So is it because cyborgs in this book that IBM was all like hot on trying to be part of it? I guess. I mean. IBM, well known for their rampant drug use and their organization. I mean, I, I, they probably I mean, if you have to wear those white shirts, black ties and black suits all the time, I was thinking probably alcoholism, but not drugs. Um, Mormons. <laughs> or are they just the bad guys in the Matrix? Is I think they're just I'm the bad guys of? in the Matrix. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Holy crap. It all comes back. Whoa, whoa. Whoa. Well, I'm really disappointed because Lion Shirt Boy's shirt is no longer a lion shirt. It's it's a bulldog shirt. What the heck? Well, he might have two cool shirts, dude. Well, this is also a ringer tee, so he's about seven years out of style. Or is he just cutting edge on the on the cool vintageness? I don't think ringer tees were cool vintage at this point. I mean, he's a druggie. He doesn't know any better. That's true. <laughs> And they're comic book artists, which puts them about seven years behind the times anyway. So, yeah, I mean, well, you know, comic book, comic book people. I mean, they all write stuff that's like, you know, nobody cares about, like, you know, teenage superheroes that get kidnapped by space pirates and stuff like that. And oh, wait, I mean, basically <laughs> what I've learned from you, it's it's not that comic book writers and artists are seven years behind the times. It just takes seven years to get their stuff published. Yeah, this is, th- that's 100 percent true. I was, was going <laughs> to say <laughs> Yeah, editorial, but they may have been like right in the middle of the times when they wrote it. Totally. Well, here we go. We've got we find out that Jesse is our guy. Oh, man, Jesse. It's always a Jesse, isn't it? And his girls are here. (laughs) Jesse and his girls. It's Jesse's girls. And he's got some stuff from his brother, Dave. Oh, Dave. He told me these joints were treated with angel dust. It's back already. We're already into the PCP and the marijuana. We haven't even a highly like, physical, addictive PCP. Not at all, by the it's way. It's like we can't get away from it for an issue. Can't even switch it up. It'd have been interesting if like these kids were dropping acid or something like that. Yeah. And I, I love it in the background. Here's what he says. This crop's been dusted. Oh, I, I can think of all the times I've said that before I've picked up a, a joint. I mean, but were you smoking PCP? No. So it wasn't dusted. I don't think I was. Then again, you never know. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's scary. Remember because... that time I found you in a chicken coop? No. 
you don't remember because, well, we had to put you back in your room, clean you off. It was a mess. Well, <laughs> I, I don't recall. It could be because I was on 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 the, on the drugs. You were on the drugs. Well, we've got a lot of dialogue in this one, and it I is wordy. have no energy to go through all the dialogue in this one. I, I think it's it's interesting that all these kids are like they. I mean, they're like they look super young, like too young for any of this stuff. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up, Greg, yeah. because. Marv Wolfman's assertions about this may have come from a very famous Mike Wallace interview on 60 Minutes. Oh, Mike really? Wallace okay. ran 60 Minutes in 1977. Yeah. That I had you watch. And of yes. course, you watched it from start to finish. I watched, I, I'm going to be honest, I watched the start of it, but I did not finish it. <laughs> well, what you would have found in this, if you'd watched it, is Mike Wallace saying that PCP is the most dangerous drug in America, clearly more dangerous than heroin. Fentanyl. He didn't opioids say opioids made by manufacturers. They didn't say fentanyl or opiates. Made, they they didn't say made. any of those things. No, it's it was all about PCP. He interviews <laughs> two fine researchers who say, based on their anecdotal evidence, that the average drug user is 14, that the average user who gets addicted to drugs starts at 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. But drug with that average of 14, that means kids back to the age of nine could be using drugs. And these drugs are all over the schools. Hmm. These fine I mean, researchers. I I believe kids could be using them accidentally, not knowing what they are, but I don't think they're going to physically go out there at nine years old. And start. I can also believe that these researchers are full of shit based on oh, the yeah. fact that they're citing anecdotes mm-hmm. and can't legally do any of this research that they're talking about. In addition, they interview a guy in jail who says he used PCP two days before he murdered his family and that PCP helped him understand the voices in his head. And these researchers, and I wish you could see my air quotes here, I claim that them. the residual amounts of PCP probably led him to do it. Mm. This is what they presented. And so much of what's in this story has been showing up in these stories. So they watched 60 minute episode and they wrote some books. And, <laughs> and by the way, fuck you, Mike Wallace. you're like oh (laughs) i could i i for some reason i could see you in your room right now in your in in your in your office just like throwing it up (laughs) like (laughs) it's unbelievable i mean this is supposed to be one of the most respected journalists in history and he laid this out it was for the money man yeah for the good fight on (laughs) on the war on drugs well we move on in our story he says Jesse says, my parents are making me go to that stupid anti-drug lecture. Meet you later, and then we'll really get high. Ooh. Well, if PCP is the most dangerous drug in America, what are they going to really? How get is he going to get them really high later? I don't Hasn't know. Hasn't he already laid out the everything? You would assume so, unless he has something I mean, it's, different. It's all out there on page two. Maybe. Well, admittedly, I would be pissed off if my parents made me go to a lecture done by the protector. <laughs> <laughs> you're like why do i gotta listen to this clown i mean yeah. literally he looks like he looks like a clown like who is this guy he he's like the worst the worst luchador ever he's like two-tone purple too like his cape is a slightly different shade of purple than his bodysuit that's to confuse people it's to throw shadows man yeah can you imagine just how confused people were if the protector was swinging in they like thought it was a santo movie <laughs> they're like is that robin no is that santo is it what who are you i'm the protector 
what are you going to do? Protect? I would, you know, if there if there is such a thing, and I really don't know. Like, I know there's like Santo versus the vampires and all sorts. If there was Santo versus the drug dealers, we are watching that and live streaming it. There is. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure there is. I can. <laughs> now, I'll. I'll get. I'll this get may Saul. be our next episode. I'll I'm get coming Saul up on to the, the Greg Mansion, and we're gonna watch Santo versus the drug dealers. And Grandma is gonna be very confused. She will be very confused. I'll, I'll get Saul on the line. He'll. Uh, he'll. He'll. He'll jump in. He'll. We'll watch it all in. Uh, in Spanish, and then he'll translate. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know who El Santo is or El Santo, uh, the most famous wrestler in the history of Mexico. In addition, probably the most influential pro wrestler in any single culture ever in the history of the world. If you think Hulk Hogan was big, El Santo dwarfs that by a billion. Yes. I'm trying to, All I'm right. trying to find the El Santo versus the drug Lords. Uh, that would be I fantastic. I, I think I it's would... called the El Santo versus the drug. The best the... part about El Santo movies is there's always like a wrestling match in the middle and, and the wrestling match doesn't necessarily actually lead to a plot point. It might, but he doesn't necessarily like wrestle Frankenstein or something, right? It's just a, a match. Uh, yeah, it's just a match. Like, and then, but they're, they're in the, with the monster one, like there is a whole entire, well, no, they're, so he goes to the he goes to the hideout where all the monsters are at, and he ends up like fighting them all at different times, but never all at the same time. And yeah. not wrestle like I mean he wrestles them, but they're not trying to wrestle him. Like they're you know they're hitting them hitting him with the brute strength that they have. Like so Frankenstein or the the mummy just like you know he just tosses them around and stuff like that. And it's yeah. it's 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 so awesome. I can't you know it's just such a goofy goofy situation but uh it was it was very interesting and he also has a cool car like a james bond car and a sidekick and so, why are we so focused on talking about other things besides this comic book because this comic book sucks i'm just gonna say it <laughs> oh i'm sorry it's not it doesn't suck no we, we're at the point we're at the point it's getting it's getting good oh hold on a second well we're holding on i would just like to point out that his shirt is not a bulldog but it's actually a red panther <laughs> ah, see that was a commercial break from my grandma she wanted to yeah let so me know. well i mean this is real life folks we're in houses with dogs and people dogs and people she wanted to let me know that it was she's going to going to watch her movie now <laughs> yeah i said welcome to podcasting it's it's real life folks so jesse storms out and his parents start crying They're and saying, then leave Mario's me alone changeling he's gonna oh. go get him and if you have a kid on PCP, hypothetically speaking, yeah. who supposedly is going to have some sort of psychotic break by using the drug, I think the best way to track him down is to turn into a green bird and then a green rhinoceros. Oh, of course. Because that's not going to scare the shit out of him at all. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> um, and and yeah, like it's I, I would say if you're, yeah, PCP, marijuana mix... Oh, marijuana mix PCP there. I sound like a cop. Uh, if you're, if you're, if you're smoking joints dusted, you're probably going to be having some, I would say, uh, uh, a little, you might have a little, a little bit of that anxiety there. <laughs> you might a little, well, in, in the bottom panel of page four, we already get to our after school special moment. You hotshots talk just like my parents, but you don't understand. I don't like yelling at mom and dad. 
uh, they just don't know. They don't see how I hurt inside and how drugs make me feel. So we're here already. Do they make you feel better or you make you feel worse? I don't even know how they make you feel, dude. (laughs) Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. We are on page four. Who is the protagonist in this story and who is the antagonist? So that's a good question. I'm going to say drugs are the antagonist. Okay. Way to go out on a limb there. I mean, but you could say that that he's that that Jesse's the antagonist because, you know, I mean, he's the drug dealer. Or the, well, the... on page five. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we did not do the Raven drinking game. Oh, God. My powers as an empath allow me to feel your. <laughs> oh, no. Hold on a second. I'm going to drink. The important thing here. Oh, my God. It is very clear to me that the writers of Star Trek The Next Generation were huge fans of Marv Wolfman's Teen Titans. Yeah. I feel like they just I feel like they just wrote Counselor Troy just like Raven. Oh, for two seasons. Did you just did you just did you just Raven Counselor Troy? I think Raven Raven Counselor Troy a long time ago, but not that so Raven. (laughs) Well, that would have been a that would have been a cool show because there's like singing and other stuff. Oh, right. But thanks. Drugs aren't so funny with the guy and not so Raven. Oh, I wasn't thinking that. That's true. Just yeah, it's. Drugs in that show kind of ruins the. It, it, it's not not so funny. Man, you brought it to a really dark place. Now you're well. The there's whole. Path. It's because I watched a Vice episode about it, which yeah. always brings it to a really dark place. He was such so, a cute kid too. You know, I mean, like you know, funny little brother, and then yeah, yeah, not not, not so not so good. What? Yeah, he well, lots of. I I hate to say it, like the 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 child acting industry is a vicious machine for folks and a lot of them have a lot of stuff issues yeah afterwards well anyway we're back here and how do they deal with it dan how did it end no how do they deal with it well they use drugs greg drugs are bad and we shouldn't use drugs that's right so you would agree with the message from the book thank you okay we're done with the. i would just like to say Yeah, I, I completely agree with this message of the book, 100%. You, you can quote me on that. Pin that on Twitter. So um, in <laughs> in fact, I, I moved everything give that to a life. very credible blue bird or blue check mark. I, 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 I'm sorry. I moved our account to Hive, so it doesn't. <laughs> just joking. Hive or what's the, what's the one? Mastodon. Uh, we'll talk about this later. I don't want to talk about this on the podcast. I actually, so, I, just opened a, I opened up the old Tumblr account and everything's going. There we go. Perfect. Uh, I opened up a live <laughs> journal again. Nothing. Nothing is bad on Tumblr. I don't know. I mean, well, this whole page <laughs> is just Raven talking about feelings and stuff. And then she ends up and then Jesse's running away still. So she goes to find him and then envelopes him in her web of emotions. We do get some kind of cool, but inconsistent artwork. Is that and, a fair statement? Yeah, this is this okay. is an interesting like. I okay. Um, kick it back. Uh, I want to say so many, so many episodes ago. <laughs> like, but uh, um, like when we we're doing our 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 Star Trek episodes and uh, that cool, like it does look like that. It yeah, looks right? like Doctor McCoy going yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's got a cool look to it. I like it. 
Well, okay. his Jordashes don't just look so Jordashy now. No, they, they don't. Look, they look like nineties. No, those are big rolls. Nineties would have been. Yeah. Wait, oh, when would like the small fat, rolls be? Like giant? No, they would have been like big, baggy, coming straight down, big pipes, stove pipes. Well, we learn Jesse's story. He's he got his drugs from his brother Dave, and then Dave sort of fades out into this scary-looking monster dying guy that's dying in front of him, and he's he doesn't want Dave to let him go or go away because the, the drugs are taking him. And, and we find out through Raven what Jesse's biggest fear is, is losing his brother. Yeah, because his brother's doing all the drugs. Right. And once, and once we find out now, I will say from a storytelling standpoint so far, I was just making fun of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. This single threaded story is better than the other two books so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. It's it's we actually very get some deep. depth character development. Yeah, get a little bit like oh, this kid, he's got a lot going on internally. And this is this is why he's doing this. We don't get that in the other stories. We just know that like the kids do these things because their friends are telling them to do it or. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. This kid's doing, you know, he's you know, he's got other stuff going on. But then on page nine, it goes right back to the generic lecturing so now raven gets to give the lecturer no Ah. not trickery but truth is what you experience the truth you know and sense inside you drugs distort your mind your sense of what's real they tell you things are fine when they're not but drugged perceptions do not change what is real come to me and i will show you i implore you come to me as an empath take a drink i can relieve some of the hurt raging inside you and seek out and absorb your pain and fear and you feel them ebb, do you not? And Jesse says, yes. But we are back to that that generic, right? It's just these generic drugs, right? There's no uh-huh. specificity again, even though at the beginning we do get angel dust. So that could be where the psychedelics are coming from. But it's just drugs, 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 do mm-hmm. this, drugs, do that. And then Raven tries to absorb it again. And you think she would have figured this out by now because I believe she's done this for like two straight stories yeah. and not been able to do it. Right. But she tries to absorb all of the drug pain again. Uh-huh. And then his perceptions become her own and they're mm-hmm. all distorted and crazy. And, you know, drugs are going to drive you insane and have you murder your family. Maybe. Maybe that's not. what we've learned. I learned that from 60 Minutes. It's not schizophrenia or untreated mental disorders. It was drugs. I see. Well, now Raven's going crazy and the big Raven bird is is beating everybody up. And, oh, man. But the one way to solve it. Hey, Wonder Girl makes an appearance. All right. Yay. She's going to control the Raven with the magic lasso. She has one chance, one shot. And then she gets shocked and she's out of the story. No. Wait, Wonder Girl's kind of really awful in these stories. Like, it seems like, like the weakest Titan. It's yeah, she's nerfed. It's like, <laughs> come on. Well, Raven keeps fighting and eventually burns herself out and with and Starfire takes her off to get help. And now Jesse is collapsed and he's hugging his parents and the protectors there. The pro- where was the protector during all this fight? Didn't well, seem to be doing much. So he heard that Jesse had some stuff in his pocket. Oh, <laughs> and the stress of being a superhero was so much that he wanted to just relax a little he bit. was protecting him well now he says hey guess that takes care of everything and jesse says no wait a lot of friends of mine are just like that maybe some of them are worse but i want to help them now 
He's completely flipped. See, if you just go to a lecture mm-hmm. from the protector and yes. then you sprint out and you're chased by a green rhinoceros and then you're enveloped yeah. by an empath. Yes. You then can get off drugs. Man, if it was that simple. Well, and if these drugs are so addictive, I mean, yeah, exactly. This this must have been the, the simplest thing ever. Right. Well, now they find out, uh, they want to find out where he got it from. And he says, Dave, but conveniently, Dave's friends are watching in the woods. <gasps> Dang. And they go run off to Narc on poor Jesse. They, uh, that Jesse, well, he's in trouble now. Now we're back and, and Lois Land is back. There's Yay. been a lot of talk about drug use among youngsters. And so far today, youngsters. <laughs> youngsters. Uh, that's how to get hip with the kids, Lois. And so far today, we've added more talk. But who here has helped their children battle drugs in their own neighborhood? Ah, we got to put the... It's very important, see. Yes. In, in the history of war, when the adult population dies out from the war or is ill-fit, that's when we start enlisting child soldiers. I see. And, and this has gone so well throughout history. Yes, I've seen it. And what <laughs> happens after you put child soldiers in war? What do they grow up to be? Um, broken people and murderers and killers. Yeah, not always not always, but I mean, you know, it definitely puts the puts some darkness on them, but very malleable because yeah. you can program into black and white scenarios. Here's a question for you. Fifth panel. You see Nancy Reagan in the fifth panel. I just see the protector. Oh, no, I do. You're right. I see her (laughs) right back there. Sorry, I was on the wrong. I was on page 15 instead of 14. I'm like, it's just the protector's face. It's not that exciting. It's just I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Eh, it's Nancy Reagan. Yeah, there is Nancy Reagan. Well, now we get a dad talking about that. He he didn't want to stop in yours. So remember when we said the story seemed to have a plot and a thread? Yes. Now now we stop the whole story for uh, more fun facts about drugs. Okay. Give us those fun facts, Dan. Well, just, you know, a big part of the problem with drugs and kids is that oh. it's made to look cool. Young kids <laughs> see older ones they admire doing dope and they follow the example to them. It seems like fun, says the protector. And when they start, it's still fun. And then they tell their friends how great it is. But then the debilitating effects start and soon the kids become psych- physically or psychologically addicted. Now we're back to that whole psychologically addicted thing. I still can't believe they got it wrong in that issue, claiming that cocaine wasn't physically addictive. Oh, well, it was that research that they were getting. Is it not interesting to you that the probably most used drug of the 80s is hardly cited in these books? Uh, Because they were probably writing. I mean, like they were like like we had discussed earlier, they were writing this from a, a different standpoint, looking back through a different window. They weren't looking at a current window. They were looking at a like two years behind, you know, Yeah, or more or more. And, you know, probably whoever's writing this or, you know, the people writing this or providing the, the information, uh, were like, well, this is the, the, these were the, 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 the struggles. These are the, the, um, the big drugs that we've, we've come across and stuff like that. And not like, Oh, Hey, we're dealing with, uh, cocaine on the streets or like literally right around the corner um in like two years time crack <laughs> well it's good to know that we ignore the current problems and we get a solution on page 16 from the protector 
because mom says a mom says, but what is there for us? What can we do? And the protector says, well, first and foremost, love your kids. There's no way I can possibly read all this dialogue. Yeah, it's a lot. But he just goes into a diatribe about how you can organize into groups and love your kids and counsel them and smother them. Yeah. And and clearly the best way to keep your kids off drugs is to hover over them and make them anxious, crazy beasts. That's how we get Ritalin and Adderall, right? Well, yes and no. You get you get the two different camps. There's the camps that are like providing it to their kids, and then there's the camps that are like, no way, I'm not going to give that to my kids. And those kids probably do need it or turn into adults that are like, holy crap, why didn't I have this when I was younger? Because I can't, I could have focused so much in my younger years and been more productive and got my shit together as a young adult as opposed to in my forties. But okay. need I digress? Uh, what you're saying <laughs> is that. If, uh, say, parents interacted with medical professionals and counselors and worked with their kids instead of just loving them a whole bunch, Mm -hmm. then they could maybe get the help they need and be prescribed drugs legally that would help them with issues that maybe would lead them to seeking out, stop them from seeking out illegal drugs elsewhere. I think, I think what? So what if, say, healthcare was, say, free? This is a good, this, this, yeah. That would be that that would be paramount. But I think what the protector should like what he what he's missing the mark on is it shouldn't just be love your kids. It should just be there. Be an yes. active part. Don't necessarily be an active part of the kid's life. <laughs> yeah. Be an active part of your kid's life. <laughs> like you had them. You're stuck with them. Yeah. You might as I well mean, hang out with them. Shoot. I mean, I'm not I, I'm in no way, shape, or form am I saying that my, my parents neglected me in any in any way. I mean, I had swing shift parents, latchkey kid lifestyle. I mean, I probably got away with God knows what as a child, but and as a as a teenager, um, that if I had kids, I would be like, oh no, I know the kind of things that kids could do when they're alone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> houses could get caught on fire, and you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but again. You know, just just being there. (laughs) But, you know, it's funny you bring that up and, you know, you spin it back. I I mean, not that I would spin it back to healthcare, but why do parents work? Because they don't have healthcare. I mean, mean, a lot of of people buy their a lot of people, if they saved well, you know, in their 20s and 30s could be at home for their kids, teenage years. I mean, you ask me this all the time. Health insurance. I mean the inside baseball on myself. It's like, why do I, why do you work right? to pay for healthcare? I mean, I would love to do all my creative stuff all the time, but I need a job that provides the healthcare or at least a percentage of the healthcare. <laughs> well, we get the lecture here and yeah, I'll get off my high horse. Get about your healthcare. <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing is, I don't even need to get into that. I don't even know if I'm for universal health care, but I'm for definite changes in access to health care. Yeah, no, there definitely needs to be different access. There needs to be it needs that that's something that needs to be available at a in a different way than it is now, because it would afford one families to be able to be there together to do those things, i.e., you know, not have their kids feel alone and uh, get into these types of situations. Well, let's, let's, let's play some, you know, hindsight is, is 2020 
of course, I feel like hindsight was 2020 on these issues in the 90s, but we ignored it and kept going on with the drug war. What if for every DARE officer, there was, instead of a DARE, op- DARE officer, a trained medical professional at the school that people could go to? You know, I mean, looking at the way that our schools are right now, there's not even a trained medical professional at every school, and there should be. I know when you and I went to school, there was a nurse. Uh, I know that in our in the current school district that I reside in, and I don't have any children, but damn, if I did, I would be very, very worried and concerned because there's not enough school nurses. They don't have there. They don't have enough people staffed to do that. So yeah, there should be medical professionals. There should be I mean, nurses we, in their in and, the schools and, and actual should, real counselors as opposed to whatever accounts for a counselor at the school. True. Where in in our high school. Former teachers just became counselors. Yes. I, I believe my math teacher, my sophomore year was a counselor, magically my junior year. That I makes sense. I I think I had the same counselor. <laughs> so actually, she was a really kind person, but yeah. definitely not qualified to be a mental, mental health counselor. Yeah. Definitely when you're, when you're trying to work through some stuff and they start handing you pamphlets for things to, to go to, um, I, to, to paint this situation that these kids are going to these meetings and these other things like that, uh, not necessarily always is the messaging that you're getting in some of these things, uh, the best, because a lot of it is scare tactics. Some, some, sometimes it's scare tactics and sometimes, or at least when we were younger, I'm sure that it's similar to, um, today but sometimes it's scare tactics sometimes it's uh i don't know well i think we should be talking reflexive to when we were of this age though because that's what the comic book is reflecting yeah yeah but i mean i'm i'm just thinking like what do kids today get i mean is it is is it is it that is it that kind of thing is it is it more scare tactics or is it um is it more opinion based. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I can definitely say that the argument that if we had supplanted the amount of money we spent on guarding the schools over over time, right, and replaced that with counseling and access to medical care, Mm -hmm. I think kids would have been a lot better off. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are. And we get to meet Dave. 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 Dave looks like shit. Man, I hear he has some killer bread, though. Yeah, well, this may have be this may be before he made his killer bread. Maybe before so, Dave went to jail to get the killer bread yeah. to make the well, that's where he got the rest. This could be Dave's origin right here. Oh actually. my gosh. See, Marv Wolfman knew. Marv so, Wolfman knew that oh now I got Dave Google has Dave. a very sunken face and blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And actually kind of looks like somebody that might have been in the eighties at this time, except yeah. for the whole sunken face thing. Yeah, yeah. It was a look. Well, he's trying to get some drugs and they won't give him any because he don't have any money. He gets beat up by Mario. <laughs> true. <laughs> the guy looks like Mario. That's true. They don't like him. So, okay. Dave's, th- that's the interlude with Dave. Now we're back to the protector and the Titans leave to go out and run through the city. Yay. And Jesse has tipped them off. He's told them where to go. So they're out to a... Uh, Apparently, the most expensive land a shanty house is on since this is in New York, right? Yeah, and it's on the water, man. It's on Long Island. I, I want that house. That doesn't look like a drug house to me. No joke. It looks like somebody's like vacation uh, spot 
that these kids are just like busting into to go. Well, the kids are back and they look like they've de-aged since the kids we saw in the woods by about nine years apiece. Right. There's a bunch of nine year olds talking to Dave, telling him that Jesse has ratted him out. Oh, man. Your little brother. Yeah. So he's going to go beat him up now. Beat up his brother. And now he's on his way and he's flying off in his car. And I don't know why, but now the Titans are there to stop Dave. Not the dealers he was talking to, but they're they're going to get Dave. They're going to get Dave. They just they beat the crap out of his car. And Wonder Girl announces her magic lasso for the second time in this issue and then tears a car in half with it. Yeah. Poor Dave. He lost his she's, car. She's also like the worst super. If you just read these issues, she's the worst superhero ever. Yeah. She's is not Donna Troy's <laughs> finest hour. She's kind of rough. <laughs> and I thought that whole Dark Star thing was a bad storyline, but this is pretty bad. <laughs> this is this is this is better bad or bad worse. I don't know. We might read Dark Stars someday. Who knows? Okay. So anyway, they're trying to get to Dave. He ends up with Cyborg and he calls him a crummy metal man. And he just pushes him away and tells him to stay out of his life. And he runs away. And then he wants to go get a fix. And for some reason, the Titans just let him go. Man, do they don't care? I guess. They don't seem to want to love him or bring him to anything or any of the things the Protector just said. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, I know what's up. Cyborg. He's a sneaky one. I put a homing device on it. So we're going to use this poor drug addled teenager as a, as bait. Oh, man. Well, now Jesse's in some real trouble. He's getting beat up by people and they're going to force him to take drugs. And he's like, no, I don't take drugs anymore. Alvin and the chipmunks okay. is there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> people just show up everywhere. Yeah. Oh, is he? Going, he's pulling the Danny Chase. Danny Chase is beating him up. No, he's 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 doing the move. Oh, he is. <laughs> I thought he was just getting beat up by Danny Chase. He reversed Danny Chased him. Yeah, well, he's now convinced all his friends that they are not going to use drugs anymore. And everything is fine on page 24. No kids at the school will ever do drugs again. Wow. He's a smooth talker, that Jesse. And then... He says, that's easy for you, Jesse. Look at all the help you had beating drugs. Didn't he just like literally get just chased by a rhinoceros and enveloped in a weird raven thing and then hugged? Isn't that how you beat drugs? Yeah. Okay. Well, now the Titans are busting into the warehouse where the drug dealers are hiding their wares. And Mario's back. No, it's me. It's a Mario. (laughs) And he punches Dave again because he led the Titans right to them. No. And then we get a fight. Oh, it's a brawl. And and. I shouldn't have spoke too soon because now Wonder Girl is like roped everybody up and swung them around. She's clearly mad from earlier about. Oh, she is. She's underutilized, dude. That's why she's she's angry. She's like, I'm underutilized. I'm. And then and then (laughs) Starfire crushes all of them and murders them. (laughs) I know. She's like slam. Oh, my gosh. This is like when the Hulk rolled up, like took the street and rolled up that gang just to get uh, all those like pies. Well, this is really interesting, too, because Changeling decides just that a snake is the best way to take these guys out. Yeah. He couldn't think of any other animal that would be like good at knocking <laughs> people around or beating them up. Snakes, man. But everybody gets snakes. in on this. And then we get the end of the story. So that's they got him. And now they're going to help Dave. They take Dave to the hospital. 
and he's he's getting better. And oh, that's good. it's just like, I could see my life was going no place, but the Titans and my family wise me up. Giving up dope really hurts, and it's a long struggle. I only wish I'd never got started in the first place. But since I did, all I want to say is thanks for being on my side. So we get this again, but very nondescript. We have no idea what he was using, and it's just going to be drugs. It's there. Yeah. And then we got Lois Lane back. That's the real story. Parents That's, and kids working yeah. together to create a drug-free youth. And, and I think the theme here is based on that sponsorship, right? It's that, you know, from the yeah. national family partnership or. That makes sense. It's parents and kids working together to. Right. So keep, that's, that's where they theme this one. So and they, and, 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 and course, she's showing it on an IBM computer. I think that's just a TV, but. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then we get the whole back, back area of the book where we oh. teach kids to make choices and, and all this stuff. I can't handle these today. We do get the declaration at the end. I like, I like that it's like, is this good or is this bad? And one is one of them is is Jesse hitting his mom, and the other one is him like running away. Is this one a good one or is this one the bad one? They're both bad. Well, I like sunken face day. I mean, also kid in hospital bed, good or bad, and why? Uh, <laughs> um, it's good. It's good that he's in the hospital bed because he can't do drugs there. Oh God, he's in the hospital to give you drugs. Well, let me let me share a little bit about where some of these viewpoints come from. Okay. So, Dr. Gabriel G. Nahas, in an article in the New York Times in July seventh, twenty twelve, uh, this is talking about Nahas, a, a marijuana opponent, dies at eight, age ninety two. He wrote 10 different books on the drug, and he was a visible ally of Nancy Reagan in the Just Say No campaign. And he was also the scientific advisor, head of the scientific advisory committee for, of course, the National Federation of Parents for Drug-Free Youth, Uh now known as the National Family Partnership. And this should, if these were the folks giving Marv the research, you're going to start to understand where some of this came from. And in this, basically... He went to a PTA meeting in 1968, according to this obituary, found out that people were smoking pot and decided he was going to go on a campaign against it. He created or made up research basically that said that marijuana hurts your immune system and no researchers have been able to replicate or confirm the study. He published books about it. His first book is in 1972, Marijuana, the Deceptive Weed. And in 1974 is when he announced the link between the drug and the body's immune system. But no one else can replicate this magically. Interesting. So his critics, the New England Journal of Medicine, so not just his critics, but the New England Journal of Medicine once described his work as psychopharmacological McCarthyism that compels him to use half-truths, innuendo, and unverifiable assertions. I really think that's all I have to say there. Yeah. So a lot of the the folks that sponsored this, their scientific advisor just made up research off of innuendo and, and assertions. <laughs> he came up with, well, you know, he was he, he it was for the money. And this was the trusted advisor they were using to get the research for books like this and to spur on this war on drugs. So instead of looking at the actual problem or, or individual drugs we just make a bunch of stuff up. And, and of course, a lot of this too is the vil- vilification of marijuana. We're ignoring probably the heavy hitters, like say the pharmaceutical industry that's making pain medications that many, 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 many more people will become addicted to over time. Yeah. 
That makes sense. And we're focused on pot. Well, I mean, I will say at least in this issue, as your dog is continuously barking in the background that I would rather have heard your dogs bark for one straight hour than read any of these comic books. I mean, we could just leave it on record while the dogs bark for a straight hour. Yeah, it could be fun. I, I think, but reading them, I will say, as disgusted as I am with them, it's an important part of history. I think we need to know where things were at in comics and, and what kind of partnership the companies were willing to make at this time. Right. And especially when you look at the culture now and, and all of the 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 stuff with Twitter and where artists want to end up. And we've talked about this too. We don't have a new home yet, but we'll still be posting on, on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. But, and we may have another place we're going to start posting soon enough too. We haven't actually discussed it, but you know, I don't know if we're willing to continue to support the platform. And that's the thing here, but we're still posting on it. So are are we taking action? What I can say is forcing people into supporting this it seems seems very bad. I, I want to call it criminal, but it, it just seems very bad. I mean, we get to look on it historically and see that this didn't work and that there's still massive problems going on in the drug war. But I feel like when you're sending messages to kids and you are Marv Wolfman and you have the Teen Titans and you can you have the most popular book at DC and you have a platform to say anything, I feel like you should do better research than what's coming out of 60 minutes episodes and popular culture. At the same time, I don't know that I can vilify him because he's getting information from this national family partnership, right? The national federation of parents for a drug for youth. And he's getting information from this respected doctor who's shaking Nancy Reagan's hand. Right. I don't know how much research he did ahead of time. I, that's why that's what I'd want to interview him about in this book is I wouldn't want to critique the story. What I would want to ask him, is what was the evidence and facts he used to write the story? You know, where did he get them? But it also is frustrating when I look back at it as a historian and, and a comic lover, and I see things in here that are just blatantly wrong. Uh, so when we look back at this historically, I think the things that concern me here are the clear misrepresentation of the facts that we see in the story. Mm-hmm. And even if we were accepting those facts as facts, right? And you're, you're getting from a famous doctor. It's scary to me that we were handing this off to kids and saying that this is true. Oh yeah. Well, Greg and I are back from a a little dog and ambulance interlude. And what we were trying to discuss was this supporter of the national federation of parents for drug free youth, or now known as the national family partnership. And this was this Dr. Noss and Dr. Noss. Uh, Dr. Nahas, not Dr. Dr. Nahas, Dr. Nahas, Dr. Nahas, you know, fundamentally discussing the idea that with with Dr. Nahas, Marv Wolfman would have been presented this information. And even though we have these facts about Dr. Nahas now, I don't think Marv Wolfman was he didn't have the Internet. And I don't think he was going to the library to grab a bunch of research on on the effects of drugs. He's using things like Dr. Nahas or that 60 minutes episode to shape his perceptions. And while we can look back and, and critically think of about this stuff because of our this stuff, this comic because of our debate training yeah. that we did. It's I can't we weren't critically thinking about this when we were handed this as kids. No. We took this as straight fact. Yeah. And drugs are bad. Got scared. I was definitely afraid to to use you know to drink or use drugs. You know, I thought if I 
tried any drugs, I was going to go into a psychotic stupor forever. And you'd be stuck there. I think the scary thing about this, though, too, is this kind of thing. This didn't only scare me away from illegal drugs, but this scared me away and still does to a certain extent from actually legal things that can actually help you. You know, we 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 talked about Ritalin and Adderall. Mm-hmm. I don't think Ritalin and Adderall are necessarily the thing for me, but I think, you know, going to the doctor once in a while and actually listening to advice on what you should be taking or shouldn't be taking isn't right. a terrible thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting a check in and finding out about different types of uh, things that are out there for help. Well, and, and to help you with, with certain whatever, whether yeah. it's mental or physical, right? Mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. are plenty of good, well-researched, well-manufactured drugs that you can use for those things. And I should say prescription drugs, right? Yeah. So, and I've certainly used things for allergies and things like that. I, I know some folks may be laughing, but you know, I was not just afraid of these, but also afraid of, of thing, other potentially mind altering things. Say a doctor might prescribe to you, let's say you were depressed and you need help. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still definitely afraid of that. And, you know, judge me if you want, but it's that programming that I got then. Right. Yeah. And I, when I say deathly afraid, it's that gnawing in the back of my head. I'm not saying I'm, I'm afraid to go to the doctor, but my yeah. first thought is, oh, that would alter your mind. It would Will shape it? you forever. You'll never come back. Because that's what was programmed into us when we were, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Mm -hmm. And 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 that's really unfair to do to kids. And that's what I'd want to talk to Marv Wolfman about. Like, where did you get these things and and these ideas? And uh, why Why did did you just print what was handed to you? Well, why did yeah? Why did you choose to use them? And then you know, reasons for reasons. I want I want to I want to understand I want you basically to go to the back of the book here with me and I want you to say good or bad on these images. Could you go through this with me? Um, this image of <laughs> I, I think you would probably just like Well, and you're it. trying to lighten the mood, and that's you know, it makes sense, but it, it's it, it's it's dark and it's the brightness of the book. And it's yeah. a weird, bright '80s way. It, now it doesn't hold up, right? The, every other book we, every other story we've read has held up. These yeah. don't. These do not. And it's and I don't know if it's it, it, it's the the woodenness of the characters and how they're how they're utilized in this story and storytelling, the stories themselves, and the woodenness of the story in in those particular stories that are presented in each book and the way it just beats you over the head. And it's very nondescript in the, uh, the air quote drug or drugs. Um, and it's very, I mean, I know that they have to, uh, do certain things, uh, because it's a comic book and make it easier to digest for the reader. And they're trying to market it for a younger audience but at the same point, you don't have to dumb it down so much that it makes it painful to read for the reader at any age. And I feel like as a as a kid um, or a teenager, you would you would pick up on that like they're really making a point or you know hitting you over the head with it. Well, and even going back, I mean, I pointed this out a couple times, but I can tell you that Harry Osborne used 
math speed greenies to stay awake during the day and do his homework and live his life. And he was using downers or sleeping pills to go to bed at night and the overuse of those plus alcohol and landed him in the hospital. Right. I, I, yeah. I can tell you specifically what it was, why it happened and where he went. Right. And I can't yeah. do these, this in these books. Yeah. And maybe the age of the audience was different, but I don't think it was. It was, I and think, the especially same when you're direct age. comparing the Spider-Man books to these books. Yeah. If you want to compare the Green Lantern, Green Arrow books, I think they were trying to target a little bit older audience. Mm -hmm. But definitely with the Spider-Man books, I don't think you can make that argument. No. So here we go. And this was it. And this was the third issue. And thank goodness we don't have to read another one. Oh, man. I'm so glad this is uh, we, we we survived. But an important point of history, and I think something we need to bring up. And yeah. so we did, and we covered it, and we're done. So I think that's it on the drug books, unless you have something else to say. I, I could, you know, tell all these agencies to go F themselves continuously, but I don't <laughs> think that's fruitful. I, I think I think uh, I think we're we're good. The only thing I could think of, if we wanted to hit the nineties, we could uh, grab up some of the uh, was it Jane Silent Bob or uh, clerks comic books and uh, <laughs> take a look at some of those interactions. There's that's one option. That's one I hadn't thought of, but that's definitely an option. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't even, I haven't decided what we'll do next. We'll sort of leave it as a, a surprise. Okay. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, that would be an interesting, uh, that'd be an interesting take. I know that's, that is, that's more of an outside conversation. You could edit that out. Well, I don't even need to edit it out, I, I think. But you're you're pointing out ideas about where readers can go next. Right. And, yeah. and that would be an interesting read. You know, would, it's yeah, there. I mean, there's a whole that's a whole entire um, that's a whole entire different take on 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 drugs, drug use in comics. Uh, they're an independent comic book company and their stance or the, the creator stance on on that. So. You know, if if that's something you want to do, go check out uh, the the escapades of um, of a young chronic and blunt man. <laughs> well, I think the point to the the point to be had in our next phase of this, whether we hop into the '90s or 2000s, is we're going to start to see the rejection of this narrative in the um, in art and in comics and in pop culture. Yeah, and kind of like the embracing of of things that are more culturally acceptable. And looking at things that uh, were, oh, no, these are not bad because it's it's a medical thing. And no, it is bad. It doesn't matter if it's a, a medical thing. These are things that without proper regulation and storage and other stuff like that become a very big issue. But I think we will also get into seeing that the rhetoric here and whatever they were doing for the war in this drug war in the 70s and 80s didn't actually solve the problem. It was actually getting worse. You know, thinking specifically of, uh, in in my case, specifically thinking of the crow right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's that's another great comic story to um, for someone that wanted to also delve into something from that that era of the uh, the. Well, the, the movie is a comic book. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, it's an on screen comic book. Just go into it. Check it out. I was gonna say. So, uh, not comic related, but definitely related to the thematically in which we are discussing on the, the drugs and more on drugs, but more timely um, because I watch a lot of, um, uh, I want to say like uh, uh, 
doctor procedurals and stuff like that, the two different takes that I had that discussion with you earlier um, uh, this week about uh, how one show had a take on, um, on THC and overdosing on THC, uh, which I found oddly ridiculous. And then another show had a take on uh, fentanyl. And I was like, that is oddly accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, fentanyl is terrifying. Yeah. And the way that they handled it and the way that they, they um, talked through it and everything like that, I was like, that's, that's the, that's, that's the messaging that you should be having out there, that this is something that is a problem. Um, I, I think like, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. We're talking about scare tactics. When I say fentanyl is terrifying, I am legitimately terrified of, of fentanyl. Um, I have coworkers that I work with in my day job that won't ride the bus um, into, into the city anymore because of the amount of fentanyl use on the bus. And they don't want to um, be exposed around um, or whatever, because it's such a high, uh, it's high traffic of, of that substance in that area. And you got people openly smoking it right on the bus or yeah. on the street. <laughs> so, well, and just the notion that it's, you know, 50 to a hundred times stronger than morphine. I, I can't handle morphine. So yeah, it'll definitely put you in the ground. But the important thing I think to discuss with fentanyl too, is where is fentanyl made in a lab? And that's where we're back to, you know, it wasn't the nameless drug dealers that they're talking about coming from the South, right? The perceived Mm -hmm. South here and in flying the helicopters into the country. But it was our own pharmaceutical companies that started making things that were far more addictive Mm -hmm. and far worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. And now we have refined it to the point that it's really dangerous, but without the synthetic opioids, right? Mm-hmm. fentanyl is never a thing like we're not progressing to it yeah so again thank you sackler family for the great service you did to our country and the world i know Fantastic. and on that sad note i know i'm so sorry for <laughs> dragging us back in there and we went down but that's that's the outcome right that's the i mean we're not at the end of the story but that's the current state of the story right now and it's because very the war never sad. ends dan because it never ends. It can, and again, we've clearly failed because it keeps getting worse. So it's like whack-a-mole. Tell me, it just keeps popping up. We, fair listeners, we will pick something to review next time. Uh, it might not be a drug issue. I might take a week off from uh, drug issues because I, I, I may just not want to talk about one for one week. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something fun. He's uh, going to totally come back and it's going to be the issue where the protector checks in because he's going to rehab and then we, we got to tell the killed. 2000 teens to do that. So it's oh, going to be a bit. Okay. It's going to be a bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> they tried to make me go to rehab and he said, Oh, no. too soon. No, no. Oh, so on that note, uh, <laughs> oh, talk about just, you keep bringing it up and bringing it down, bringing it up and bringing it down. Man, well, well, here here's something serious I do want to mention. Okay. Uh this will this will be uh, just in in real time. This will be a couple episodes later. I still have a couple of of things to post in front of this, but I did put up a 302.5 uh tribute to the the victims at Club Q and I just do want to illustrate that 
Greg and I have no room for hate anywhere and for people teaching hate. And so I was happy to post that. And you can rest assured that both Greg and I both want the victims honored. But I would just say, if you're teaching people to hate people for any reason, go fuck yourself. No better word said. And on that note, Greg, do you have anything to plug? Nothing to plug. Just be better people, people. Yeah. And Keep so, being good if you're good. Greg and I will both try to live by that. And we'll both try to be better people this week. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Funny Book Forensics.